Hebrews 4. And I want to notice again this morning where the book of Hebrews quotes at Psalm 95. And in doing so, it points us to one of the great themes of this entire book of Hebrews. Chapter 4, verse 7 says, again, he limiteth, that means he designated, a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he have not afterward have spoken of another, here it is, another day. By the way, back in verse 7, you might want to circle the word David, or at least the words in David. After all, it was David who wrote the words today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. However, noting that this is the theme of the book of Hebrews, look across the page backwards at chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And you'll see the same exact quotation from Psalm 95. It's in verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now, if you circled the words David, you ought to circle the words Holy Spirit. And it'll force the question, who said it? It says, in David, those words were said. David said it, or did the Holy Spirit say it? And since this is the very same writer writing these words, words, putting them down, using now the same wet ink in just moments, we know that he meant to write both of these things. Who said today? Was it David or was it God? And the answer is yes. Make no mistake, beloved, this is the inspired, infallible, preserved word of the living God. Oh, it's a book, it's a a bunch of books written by men. It's written by men, but they're authored by God himself. Chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today. Verse 15. While it is said today. If ye will, hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. You see, folks, not only did David say today, which is, of course, really the Holy Spirit, as we noted, but Moses said it as well. But not really Moses Because as verse 9 indicates, the Jewish fathers, they were sort of tempted and fell, and they didn't listen to the Heavenly Father's voice saying the very same thing. And of course, it's not just Moses, or David, or the Holy Spirit, or the Father saying today, but someone else is saying it. Chapter 3, look at verse 12. He says, but exhort one another, exhort one another while it is called today. So the writer of Hebrews, which was either Paul or Barnabas, if it wasn't Paul, it wasn't Barnabas. My vote is Brother Alvin Wooster wrote the book of Hebrews, but I'm not sure. But whoever wrote Hebrews, he too, for New Testament Christians, as you and I, emphasizes this word today. Chapter 4, verse 7, again, before we pray. And he limiteth a certain day, saying in David. You see, these men wrote, but the Holy Spirit was writing through them. Today, 
After so long a time, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. In other words, now think about this. Way back in the days of Moses, God promised a rest. That is, in their day, in that day, he gave a promise. And then, in the days of King David, when their day was today, he spoke about it. And he spoke about today for them. When the book of Hebrews was being written and then penned, the, the writer quotes from those same Old Testament stories. And he says the same thing to those Hebrew Christians today. And so it is this morning, at this very moment, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That the Holy Spirit of God speaks to us and he uses the exact same word. It is a word of blessing, a word of mercy, a word of exhortation. It is a word of warning. It is a word of great promise or great peril, depending on what you and I do with that word. And so I hope you listen very carefully today. I want to speak on the subject, the best day of your life. The best day of your life. Father, please help us now. Help us to open our hearts and to have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. How many times in your word and how many places and how many times in this one place you continue to emphasize the word today for your people. May we understand and hear why in Jesus name. Amen. A few weeks ago when I was reading John chapter 14 about the woman at the well. I was reminded about how that she in those moments, either always used to focus on yesterday. Remember what she said, Jacob's well, our fathers, our fathers, our fathers, in this mountain, our fathers. Or she focused on tomorrow. Remember what she said? When Messiah, when Messiah comes, when Messiah comes. She was excited about yesterday, and she was excited about tomorrow. And you know, you can't blame her too much. She wasn't excited about today. She's a Samaritan woman living in the first century, considered an outcast in Israel. And she was, she was with a man living with him who would not commit to her. So that today had to have been a struggle for her. And yet the truth is, that's pretty much how it is for most everybody. Today, compared to yesterday... Today, compared to tomorrow, never gets much publicity. After all, yesterday has nostalgia going for it. Makes it look better, pretties it up. You know, those good old days. And and why are they always seemingly so good to people? Well, because, folks, since it is, after all, yesterday, you have the luxury of putting aside whatever discomforts and and pain that you felt at that time. As the Scottish poet Thomas Campbell wrote, Distance lends enchantment to the view. The farther you get away from something, the better it can look. And that's why every fairy tale begins with long, long ago in a land far, far away. Well, you got to make it like that or it's not a fairy tale. It doesn't say yesterday afternoon in my living room on the recliner, Remo snored. That's not a fairy tale. Amen. And then, of course, people also love tomorrow. Because tomorrow has promised, the sun will come out. And so, woo, tomorrow, I can't wait until tomorrow. Yeah, it will come out. But so will the pollen. And the homework. And the car problems. 
But pastor, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I know, I know. The sun will come out tomorrow, but so will your neighbor that annoys you. And so will the humidity. Tomorrow is very easily embellished. Yesterday is glamorized. But today is today. No makeup. No airbrushing. No Photoshop. You know, hashtag no filter on today, amen? Today just sits there in its unvarnished reality. And yes, this is precisely one of the reasons why today is the best day of your life. In fact, the truth is, as far as you and I are concerned, today is the only day that really matters. See, really, Pastor? Today is the only day that really matters. As far as our life and service to God, the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't be confident in tomorrow. You don't know if you'll be here tomorrow. In fact, the Lord Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow. Don't fret or think overthink about tomorrow. There's nothing about tomorrow in this life that is worth glorying in. Someone said tomorrow is when idle men work and fools repent. Do you ever think about the fact that the rich man in hell Luke chapter 16 describes a beggar and a rich man. They both died. But did you ever think about the fact that he, this rich man, and that poor beggar named Lazarus, they both did the exact same things in that story that Jesus told. But the only difference being what? The rich man didn't do the same thing that the beggar did. He didn't do them today. The rich man, he also lifted up his eyes to heaven. Yes, he did. But he didn't do them today. He did the same thing that poor beggar did. He also cried for mercy, but he didn't do it today. He also felt deeply needy in his soul, and he saw the importance of eternity, but he didn't do it today. What a difference one day makes. And it brings us to this repeated, powerful emphasis and admonition in our text. And again, yes, concerning the blessing and the glory and the joy of this day, this Sunday, this day. Because you know, folks, if you don't believe or think or understand that today is the best day of your life, then I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit in the book of Hebrews. And I want you to do these three things that the Spirit of God was telling them and us to do today. And you'll discover that today, this day, what it's all about, and it is the best day of your life. What three, three things, Pastor? The first one you'll notice is, number one, do this today. When tomorrow becomes today, do it today. Number one, think about Jesus today. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, by the way, the word wherefore is in reference to chapters 1 and 2. And in chapters 1 and 2 of Hebrews, it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, being better than the angels, being crowned with glory and honor, seated at the right hand of the Father, and now is our merciful high priest making intercession. That's why you have the word wherefore. Two chapters of glorying in who Jesus is for his people right now. Verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider 
the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. That word consider literally means to put it into your mind, to put it into your thoughts. Consider was a strong word in 1611, much like our word contemplate and meditate. So that folks, listen, the, the, the admonition here is to take time today and consider. Think about, dwell upon the Lord Jesus Christ who is the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Why should we do that? Verse 2. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Notice how he's calling Jesus God, by the way. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we? Wherefore, verse 7, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. You see, beloved, hear me carefully. These Hebrew believers to whom this letter was actually written first, they spent a lot of time thinking about Moses. Moses went into their thoughts almost every single day. They were sometimes obsessed with Moses. The problem with that, folks, is that Moses was a man. He made mistakes. He committed sins. He died in the wilderness. He was faithful as a servant to his house. But Jesus, who is your Savior, he's the son over his own house. And he never sinned, never made a mistake, never disobeyed the Father. So that no matter how much you consider, you can consider him every moment of every day. No matter how much you think about him, the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll never, ever, ever, ever disappoint you. You know, you read biographies of any man or any woman, any hero or heroine. And in the end, if the biography is true, it, you're going to be disappointed. Always. Matter of fact, read about the lives of the revered founders of religions and cults. And it's all disappointment. Jim Jones, David Koresh, Joseph Smith, Amy McPherson, Ron Hubbard, I'll tell you something, folks. Listen, I'm glad that I'm not admonished in the Bible and really glad that I don't have to think every day, today, about any of them. I don't have to think about Buddha or Confucius or Muhammad or Allah today. I don't have to consider the lives or the musings of Deepak Chopra or Oprah. Prince Charles is now King Charles. I don't care. I really don't. Who cares? I don't want to think about them. Next Sunday night, I'm going to have a hard time getting you to come to church because it's the Oscars. <laughs> and oh, the Academy Awards. They're already falling all over each other, breaking out in sweat. Who's going to win? Best actor, best director, best film. Spielberg made a movie about himself, his life. His life? Who cares? If you're watching, Stephen, I don't care. <laughs> I am so thankful that today I don't have to listen to any interviews 
with anybody from the Hollywood industry. I don't care. They didn't give their lives for me. They didn't create this house. But you know, Hebrews 12 says this. Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners. And just before that, the verse says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, today, you're supposed to think, you're supposed to consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. And there's a reason for doing it today. You know, in 1943, there was a huge problem with Allied planes coming back to England and, and after their sorties. And the problem was the danger of landing in the heavy English fog. It obscured the runways. And hundreds and hundreds of people were dying, were perishing. Trained pilots, airmen, they were dying when coming back, sometimes more dangerous than, than the, the mission itself. And so Winston Churchill ordered a solution. He told his scientists to fix the problem, and actually they said, you know, that's impossible. You can't fix fog. It's impossible. And he said, then do the impossible. And sure enough, in July of 1943, some men in engineered, they got together, and they, they came up with a machine that it took seven minutes. They could dispense enough fog to make the runway visible and safe. And because of that ingenuity, it saved hundreds and hundreds, and they think even thousands of lives. Now, folks, fog itself is not a bad thing. It doesn't hurt you. You can breathe it. You can run around in it. You can even fly in it. It's fine. It's not dangerous in itself. What's dangerous about it is that it prevents you from seeing clearly. And, beloved, when you take time today to think about the Lord Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, it removes the fog from your eyes. In this world in which there are dangers and snares and Satan, the roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, you need to have the fog removed away from your eyes. So, Pastor, what do you mean think about Jesus? You mean you turn on the TV and watch The Chosen? Or go look at my pictures and, you know, my picture Bible and, oh, there's that one. I had that one as a kid and that one and that one. It's got some guy with long hair and so on. I mean simply this. You love the Lord because he first loved you. You know, when you really love someone, you think about them. There are people that I love that are in heaven and I still think about them all the time. Because I love them. You love the Lord Jesus, then today, think about him. Think about what he's done for you and is going to do for you. Think about the cross and the resurrection and the soon return of the Lord Jesus. Think about his power, his holiness, and his love. Think about his goodness in enduring such contradiction of sinners, in enduring the cross for you. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ today. As David said, my meditation of him shall be sweet. So whenever it's today, and it is today, take time. Take time to think, to consider the high priest of our profession. That's number one. 
The second thing you'll notice it says to do today, that's attached to the word today, is listen to the Lord Jesus. Chapter 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Verse 15 of the same chapter. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. For some, verse 16, when they heard, did provoke. In other words, they didn't listen. Chapter 4 and verse 7 again. Again, he limiteth, designated a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will, hear his voice and harden not your hearts. Now, folks, please, please don't miss what God is saying in his word. You and I have an opportunity today to hear the voice of God. Not audibly, but the very words and the word of God. This is a living book. Verse 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful. That means it's alive. This is a living book. And if there's one thing that our Lord constantly emphasizes to his people is to listen today to what the Holy Spirit says through this book. You know, I remember telling Andy years ago, he was a little younger at least, that if he would get one biblical truth a day, one promise, one truth from the Word, just one every day, that that would become a huge spiritual victory in his life. Do that every day, and that would be 365 Bible promises or truths from the Word of God every single year. And in just five years, that's 1,825 truths or promises from the Bible. In 10 years, that's nearly 4,000. 4,000, and so on and so on. But i got to tell you, unfortunately, the average Christian doesn't learn five truths in a year. And there's only one reason for that. The only reason is they didn't listen today. Today. Tomorrow will be a today if the Lord tarries. So on that today, will you listen? When Ben was a little boy, he, uh, he got on this quest. For a, for a while, where every single day I had to tell him a story, any kind of a story, Bible story, true story, scary story, made-up story. He didn't care. I just had to tell him, sit down, usually at night, but sometime during the day, tell him a story. One night he said, Dad, tell me a story of something that you did bad when you were a boy. <laughs> Talk about 365 things a year. <laughs> but I remember one night, it was getting late, and and I hadn't told him any stories during this period in his life. And, and at the time, I was pretty busy. I was at the dining room table, and I was studying, and he kept nagging me, how much longer, how much longer? And I said, a few more minutes. A few more minutes go by, and he comes back, and he says, how much longer? And I said, a few more minutes. He said, you said a few more minutes a few minutes ago. <laughs> exactly how many minutes? And I just threw out a number. I said, 42. Okay. He went away. And surprisingly, he didn't bother me at all. Didn't nag me. All of a sudden, out of the kitchen, I hear beep, 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 beep. <laughs> the stove, timer, he said it. And he sat on the couch and just watched it go down, minute by minute by minute, all the way down till 42 were up. And even though he was tired and it was late, and I was tired and it was late, he did not want that day to end until he heard his story. 
man, I wish we felt that way about the word of God, this story. And I'm going to say this. God wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak to you today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, not next week, not when you go to that revival, not when you go to that conference or in the summer at camp. He would know. He wants to speak to you today, and he wants you to listen to him today. I'll say it again. Whenever it is today, never let it pass without you taking the opportunity to hear the voice of God. People often ask me, Pastor, when's the best time? When's the best time to read the Bible? You know, the morning, early, late. When's the best time? And the answer is today. Just make sure it's today. Always, always, always do it today. The very worst thing, the very worst thing that came out of Pharaoh's mouth when God was speaking to him and speaking through Moses to him was when Pharaoh said, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll listen to God. And the problem with that is that every one of these texts, if you go through them, both in Numbers and in Psalms and here in Hebrews, all of them remind us of what happens when anybody waits until tomorrow to listen to God. Number one, today is the day to think about Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Number two, today is the day to listen to the Lord Jesus through his word. Number three I want you to notice is that today is the day to speak for the Lord Jesus. Chapter 3 again, look at verse 13. Notice what it says. It says, take, well, verse 12 says, take heed, brethren. And then verse 13 says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now, wait a minute. Using the word daily, the Bible says, whenever it's today, Guess what that day is? That's the day to speak on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ and specifically any words of exhortation or encouragement, which is what that word means. And you know, beloved, the reason for that is pretty obvious. You cannot go back and encourage somebody yesterday. You know, the other day, I was telling Andy about this. Sherry came by the office. Sherry Hester knocked on the door or rang the doorbell, came to the door, and she was there. And I said, I said hey. She says, I'm here to drop off, off our offerings. And I said, where's Danny? He's in the car. Um, he didn't see any cars, anything, but he was here. And, you know, I, standing at the door of my office, now in my office are my books and Ben's in there and I'm studying, but standing at the door of my office, I'm holding the door for Sherry, and I'm thinking, I should go out there and say hi. To say, hey, hug him, tell him I love him. And I thought, eh, I'll do it. I'll do it later. Two days later, Danny goes to heaven. Now, I'm not saying it was like some big thing, I'm losing sleep or over, but I had to tell you that I've thought about that often. Just, I wish I'd walked out the door, over to the car, opened the door, put my arms around him, which I wanted to do, which I thought about doing. You can't go back and encourage someone yesterday, and you can't encourage somebody tomorrow. You're not there, and they may not be there, but you can definitely do it today. Suppose the Lord Jesus said to that thief on the cross, I'll talk to you about your soul tomorrow. There was no tomorrow for that man. So our Savior said today, I hear you. Today you'll be with me in heaven in paradise. 
George Bernard Shaw once wrote that the statistics on death are very impressive. It's one out of one. You know what that means? That means that nobody in this room is guaranteed tomorrow at all. And that is why God says, exhort one another daily while it is called today. So that yes, you really ought to tell that person that you love them. You really ought to encourage that person that you know needs encouragement right now. You ought to buy that person flowers and don't wait until there's a casket in the front of the church. I'm going to close, but I want you to think about this. Today really, really is the best day of your life. It may not be as glamorous as yesterday. It may not be as promising as tomorrow. But this one's yours. You have it. It's right here in your lap. Today is a gift from God. As the scripture says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. Now, if you will do today, whatever it is today that the book of Hebrews is addressing, as a child of God, you will never, you will never be defeated. Think about Jesus today. Listen to the Lord Jesus today. Speak for the Lord Jesus today. If you're here today or you're watching from somewhere and you're not sure that you're saved, you're part of the family of God, 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Beloved, now is the accepted time. Beloved, now is the day of salvation. I wonder if you're familiar with the hundreds and hundreds of, of these cheese caves that are buried five, six hundred feet down in the limestone of Missouri. Cheese caves. Now, these are elaborate caves that store at, right now at this moment, they store over 1.4 billion pounds of cheese in perfect 38, 37 degree temperature. Why? When Jimmy Carter was the president and he was campaigning, one of his campaign promises was that he was going to bail out the dairy industry. And he promised that he would pour billions of dollars into the dairy industry and rescue those. And they were pretty suffering, those people. They were hurting. And in fact, he kept that promise. Two billion dollars initially, right to, right to the dairy farmers. And of course, that helped them produce records amount of milk. But what's the government going to do with, with that much milk that spoils quickly? The government were, was paying the farmers more than you would buy, you would pay in Publix or wherever in those days. So farmers said, let's just make cheese. And we'll store it so we can keep getting more and more money. And sure enough, it began to stockpile, as you can imagine, when Reagan became the president. There were hundreds and hundreds of warehouses of cheese, 35 different states in our country stocked. It was getting moldy. So the president was being criticized for all of this cheese. And so his secretary of agriculture suggested, literally, honestly suggested, the cheapest way to handle it is to take all of it to the ocean and just dump it in the sea. Well, that would have been a waste, right? So President Reagan, you may remember, he held up that big five-pound block of cheese. I remember it. He held up and he said, hey, we have 30 million pounds of this we want to give away. And so they began to give it away. They gave it to programs like WIC, food pantries, 
Our family lived off of government cheese in the 80s. These boys grew up on government cheese. It might explain a lot. I don't know, but, but it was free. That's all I remember. And I remember it made good grilled cheese sandwiches, but that was the only thing it was good for. 30 million pounds were given away, but then in 2017, it all started again. More and more subsidies and more stockpiling so that today there's almost one and a half billion pounds of this stuff. Look at the photos today when you go home. Google it. These caves are amazing. Beautiful, well-maintained. And of course, there's only one reason for it. There's only one reason for this rotting cheese or the rotting cheese under Reagan's administration that they had to quickly give away. And that was that nobody wanted to deal with it today. There was an answer today, but nobody, no politician, they wanted these votes. You've got to win Wisconsin and other places. So they kicked the can down the road. Nobody wanted to deal with it today. They all wanted to deal with it tomorrow. But when tomorrow is today, it's still today. Nobody wanted to deal with it today. The same thing is happening to our national debt. There's a reason, beloved, why believers have a faith that is stagnant and moldy and cold. God wants to speak to you today, but you want to wait till tomorrow. God wants you to dwell on him and his word today. God wants to speak through you he wants you to encourage other people to speak through you and give others the gospel today. He wants to use you today. But for so many Christians, their answer back is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today is the day. Today is the best day of your life. Our heads are bowed, please, and our eyes are closed for just a moment with no one moving. I wonder who might say, Pastor Blaylock, I'm here today and I'm a Christian. I'm saved by God's grace and mercy. But as a Christian and a child of God, I needed this message. You know, you know if you think about it this way, <clears throat> I don't know how many days you have left. I don't know how many days I have left. But if it's seven or 15 wouldn't you think, wow, I'm going to use all seven days wisely? 1,500. How many todays? Well, you have this one, this one. Pastor, I'm saved today, and I'm a child of God, but I needed this message today with heads bowed. Who would say that? Would you lift your hands through the building? And amen, and amen. God bless you, and I raise mine. What a great day today is. Wow. And, you know, i got to say something. If, if in a few weeks it's today and it's like a rough trial, that's still a great day. That's the best day of your life because that trial, God is going to sustain you, teach you, grow you like never before. Today is the best day of your life. Pastor Blaylock, I'm here today, and I'm not sure that I am saved. I don't know for sure. If I died today, I'd be in heaven. But I'd like to know it. Would you... Pray for me. I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you, but with heads bowed, who would say that? Would you lift your hand where you are? I'm not sure today if I'm saved. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Lift your hand till we, God bless you. Amen and amen. Anyone else? Raise it up high. At home, right where you are, raise it up. How about today you decide to listen to the Lord, and today you decide to think on the Lord, and today you decide to encourage and speak for the Lord. 
And how about you do it on all of your todays? All of them. When today is today. Father, bless now the invitation time. We commit it to you as always, Lord, and we thank you for your word. How many times and in how many ways you have told us that this is the day that you have made and that we're supposed to rejoice in it. Help us, Lord, every day to think, to think on Christ, to hear Christ, and to speak for Christ every day. For those who've asked for prayer, Lord, draw them to you, please, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.